Hello everyone, welcome to the Starting with Scripture podcast. This is Ron, your host and Bible teacher. Correct biblical doctrine starts with Scripture. Correct church practices start with Scripture. Moral and ethical behavior start with Scripture. This podcast episode is intended to help people improve their Bible study skills and is entitled Biblical Interpretation 2. It's the second in the Biblical Interpretation series. I want to put out some questions here about language, meaning, and sin. And these, uh, these questions are designed to really provoke thought on the topic here of biblical interpretation. So how does language, the vehicle of understanding, the vehicle of our understanding, work? How does it work? Something for us to consider. How can a text that is thousands of years old say anything to us today? What can it mean to us today? We must reckon with the fact of our own sin and the degree to which it spoils our understanding by coloring our desire to read the text one way as opposed to another. That one actually bears repeating. We must reckon with the fact that our own sin and the degree to which it spoils our understanding by coloring our desire to read the text one way as opposed to another is actually an issue more often than we'd like to admit. Sin can warp our understanding. It can shade our understanding. It can, uh, it can steer us away from the true meaning of the text. A word about language. Think of language as a representation. So what is the uh, what is the real dog? Imagine, if you will, there's a picture of a dog, say a a beagle, and then you've got uh, the letters D plus O plus G, which spells out or equals dog. Which one is the real dog? It's actually neither one because both the word dog, D-O-G, and the photograph dog, or the photograph of the dog, represent the dog, but they're not actually the dog. So remember when we're using language, language is a representation. Language is adequate to convey God's thought accurately and truly. But our ability to receive it is always imperfect. The good news is, though, that God's words will not be lost. Isaiah 55:11 tells us, uh, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So God's words don't come back empty. They're not lost. So even though we have language as a representation, and 
our imperfect ability to understand it, God's words still resonate. They're not lost. They're effective. They're powerful. What does text mean, or what does this text mean? That's a question to ponder. When we're thinking about a text or this text, I'm speaking of a biblical text, a passage in Scripture, if you will. Biblical hermeneutics, that is, uh, methods of interpretation. Hermeneutics is a theological word. You don't need to know that word, but it's helpful to know it. Um, hermeneutics or methods of interpretation have to do with determining the meaning of the biblical text. In other words, it goes to what does this text mean? And when we're doing hermeneutics properly, that is, we're utilizing proper methods of interpretation, we go after the author's meaning. What did it mean to the original author? What did it mean to the original readers? What did it mean to the original hearers if uh, the author recorded spoken speech, which sometimes happens? or has happened. So we try to ascertain the human author's meaning, but we also try to ascertain the divine author's meaning, and that might be a bit more complex. The divine author, of course, God, Holy Spirit, the living word, Jesus, what's their meaning of the text? Let's even think about the word meaning itself or form of it. So, meaning, the word meaning and some variations of the word meaning, is a slippery term in and of itself, so we have to be careful. So, for example, we have this means war. Well, this means war, the uh, means in there, the form of the word means, it means it entails war. Take another sentence, someone might say or write, my job means a lot to me. Okay, in that case, means has, uh, the, the carries the meaning value of something, so the job is valuable to me. Um, and then another example would be, that's not what I mean. So in that case, the word mean has to do with intent. So we have to be careful with language and we have to pay attention to it when we're interpreting scripture. I'll be back in a moment. Welcome back everyone. God is the ultimate author of scripture. So it is his meaning that is primary. His meaning has the primacy. It's the most important in other words. His meaning of his word can extend beyond the meaning of the human author's original intent. Human author's meaning is important as a starting point for meaning. But we do need to get there, however. We need to get to the uh, original meaning. What did it mean in its own context? This is why we study the Bible in its original linguistic, 
historical and cultural contexts. Now I want to add a point there. It is not necessary to learn the original Hebrew and Greek and Aramaic to be able to interpret the Bible correctly. And actually there are plenty of people who know those languages who don't interpret the Bible correctly. What's more important is looking into what the words meant to the people at that time in their own culture. Now if you don't know Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic, there's plenty of hope because we have multiple English language translations and what I typically recommend is that people look at two or three different kinds of translations and I went over uh, kinds of translations in the first episode of this series. But we need to get to that meaning. We need to look at what do the words mean to them. In doing the important work of proper biblical interpretation, and you don't need a theology degree, a seminary degree, or any sort of, uh, any one of the modern um, religious titles that are out there like pastor, to be able to interpret the Bible correctly. Any man, woman, boy or girl can interpret the Bible correctly with the proper interpretive tools. But in doing the work of proper biblical interpretation, we need to determine what the text meant to the original writer, the original hearers, if the writer was recording uh, a spoken word, or the original readers. What did it mean to them back then in its own historical context and cultural context? We cannot and should not impose our 21st century ideas on Bible passages that were written 2,000 years ago to say 3,500 years ago. We shouldn't do that. It's very poor uh, interpretive practice to do so. Yields all kinds of error and causes all kinds of problems in the church. But remember, getting to the author's meaning, the author's original meaning, is only the starting point. Not everything that a biblical text might legitimately mean has to have been in the author's consciousness or mind for it to be true. Let me give an example of this. A lot of uh, Old Testament predictive prophecy was often likely mysterious to the original authors. The original Old Testament authors of prophecy, that is predictive prophecy, oftentimes very likely didn't know what the full meaning of their predictive prophecies meant. God knew, however, the Bible is God's word, and it is he, rather than the human author, the human authors that he utilized to write it, it is God that gives the Bible its full meaning. The human author's situational meaning is not necessarily the limit of the text's meaning. So it might have meant something to that author in that time, in that culture, but it can be expanded by God, but only God. We can't expand it on our own. 
That meaning, however, that original meaning, is the foundation for our knowledge of the meaning. God's meaning is ultimate. God is the ultimate author of Scripture. Only He interprets all things rightly or correctly because He invented language and He created humans with their linguistic capacity, that is, their ability to learn and understand language. We know that, for example, from the book of Genesis. Because Scripture functions in human contexts, our access to its divine meaning can only be by way of the human authors and their cultural, historical, and linguistic contexts. We get to know the human author's point in order to get God's point or grasp God's point. I want to circle back one more time to this idea of sin being a spoiler of understanding. Sin affects our entire being. It affects our mind, body, and soul, not just our spiritual person, if you will. Sin affects us all the way through. A lot of times, if not always, depending on the person, we bring agendas, ideologies, political ideas, opinions, and uh, church uh, traditions to our Bible study. It's always there in the background or underneath the surface, you might think of it. We need to learn to hold those things in check if we're going to do proper biblical interpretation. Because of the challenge of interpreting Scripture, we need to have grace towards others as well. Don't be too quick to brand somebody a heretic. They might well be heretics. They could well be wrong. Um, and you can know if you or somebody else is correct through diligent study. But we need to recognize that the problem of sin and interpretation should produce a deep humility in our own interpretations and not be judgmental in our attitudes towards others. Proper biblical interpretation takes work. The Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy in uh, his second letter, 2 Timothy 2.15, and he said, Be diligent and study. The, the Greek word there carries with it the ideas of being diligent and study to show yourself approved before God, a workman who need not be ashamed. It's the same for us as it was for Timothy. We, uh, we need to be diligent and study. It takes work to do proper biblical interpretation and uh, a quick verse here or there or listening to what the speaker says on Sunday morning isn't really enough. In conclusion, remember, when studying the Bible, we tend to bring our prejudices and pre-understandings to Bible study. We need to leave those at the door and push them out of our minds to do better study, to do proper study, to, act, to accurately study. We need to do our best to be objective and not read our own ideas into the text. We need to be humble when studying and seek Scripture's meaning in its own context, 
its own historical, cultural, and linguistic context. Thank you for tuning in and listening.